properties are cozy and snugged. We own many properties. Why is that important? Because that's one way how to make money. And that's one way how to feed your family. I love it. Good job. Hello, hello, hello. It's me, Stefan Lee, Blackwall Podcast. Appreciate y'all. A question was posed to me. Why don't you sell the property with the highest value and use that as capital in the rest of the units? The offer was 20000 for the building in Ohio, right? The sale might cover renovations, but after that, All the money is spent until it is rented and produced an income or sold. Won't you be back to square one? Or even sell one or two different properties to complete all the rest of that you have going on. I personally would sell the highest valued property and push all the cash into the projects. This question came from a would like to stay anonymous listener. I appreciate the question. I appreciate your thoughts. I appreciate your vision and the way you look at things. But the only thing I can really say to answer that question is. This shit is checks. It ain't checkers, homie. I want to thank everybody for accompanying me on this uh, journey and transmission of the Black Wall podcast. They can't stop us. I don't even know why they try. So everybody that's listening, I want you to know that you're part of a, an energy wave, a frequency, and a live ascension that can only be witnessed, I'd say, once every hundred years, right? So let's just remember that. We're playing a long game, hundred-year game here. Minimum five years is one year. That's the game we're playing. That's the investment game. Okay. So with that being said, I want to thank everybody for supporting this because this is going to be something that we all are going to have to water and grow in order to see the fruits of our labor. So I I really do appreciate you guys. Um, The feedback has been tremendous. Um. I'm learning how to navigate some of these uh, marketing tools that are out there for us all. I want to give a special shout out to the people out there that are doing their thing in the real estate and investment space. Uh, Whatever way you're doing it, there's so many different uh, ways to do it. And I'm seeing black and brown people uh, all across the world, really, um, empowering themselves and the uh, areas around them uh, through investment. And honestly, that's what this is all about. There's no uh, one way. There's no one podcast. There's no one person. It's going to be everybody um, doing their part. So I appreciate you all. This episode is actually going to be an interactive one. I got some feedback, y'all. And the feedback I got was from an episode. um, I'm down to my last 5,000, right? And that one was really personal, it was raw, it was real. And I'm glad I did it. I felt better after I did it. I feel that I uh, I was able to 
strip away that ego and help other people see that there is not a right way, wrong way, or even a template for you to invest your money, right? At the end of the day, it's your money. You made it so you're smart enough to invest it. Always. So I got some feedback from a young businessman who uh, chooses to remain anonymous, which is his choice. I remember being there. Um, and this businessman, I respect him personally um, because he is so young. He's in his early 20s. And uh, he owns a, an innovative business as far as uh, cars, purchasing used cars. He has his uh, used car dealer license. Um, and I think that's just amazing. So I want to I want to give him the praise that he deserves, but also respecting his anonymity. Right. OK. But his question and, and his view of my dilemma of being down to my last five thousand and holding on to all these properties, but needing to do renovations on the store. Right. Georgia Lee's general store. Once again, one zero two zero two. Sophia Avenue. Cleveland, Ohio, come check us out. His solution was a valid one, and it was also framed as a question, why don't I do this? So I want to share this with you, because I think this is something that a lot of people uh, think and is is uh, is not wrong, right? So he says, why don't you sell the property with the highest value and use that capital in the rest of the units. The offer was 20000 for the building in Ohio. That, that sale might cover renovations, but after that, all the money is spent. Until it's rented and producing income or sold, won't you be back at square one? Or even sell one or two different properties to complete all the rest that you already have? I personally would sell the highest value and push all the cash into the projects. I think that's, I think that's valid, right? To me, it seems like, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? I think for me, what that question has really made me realize and hammer home is that I have to identify why I'm in the real estate and an investment space period, right? Because yes, it's about the money. Obviously it's about the money. No shit. It's about the money, but it's more than just the money, right? And for me, that question really brought to the surface on what this is really all about. For me. And. I'm about the power. I'll be honest with you. I'm intoxicated with the power of it. Right. It's something about that feeling of that's mine. It's something about the feeling of when I show up, everybody's got to act different because I'm the owner. Right. Doesn't matter who we're talking about. 
the police got to treat you different when you're the owner as opposed to the renter, right? The county treats you different. Everybody treats you different when you're the owner as opposed to the renter. Ask me how I know. I know because I was raised in Brooklyn, New York in the 80s, early 80s. And I was raised by a single mother. And my mother was a hardworking woman, but she had me when she was 22 years old. So there were certain trials and tribulations that we went through. And one of those was housing, affordable housing, stable, affordable housing. And I think that the fact that that was something that was going on in New York City in the 80s, and we are now in 2020s, and stable, affordable housing for single mothers is still an issue. That's an episode for another day. But I was the kid of that, right? So I moved every year. No exaggerations. Um, the first time I ever spent two years in an apartment, I paid the rent. I was an adult. That's a fact. Um, so that shaped the way that I look at real estate. I look at real estate as not only a way to make money, but to also secure myself and my family from some of the harsh realities of the world. Almost like a bank account with a security blanket wrapped up in it, if you will. And when I realized that through that question, I felt it was valid and worth sharing to everybody, right? That that's the lens that I'm coming to you through. So, I think a lot of times when we listen to podcasts and other people in other spaces that have had their own success, right, in investing, especially when it comes to money, because it's something that's so black and white. Either you made it or you lost it, right? There's no uh, middle ground there. I think that we don't give enough space and enough credence to the fact of it's all through our own lens, right? So I, I never really had a bunch of money, right? I had a place to stay if something went wrong because my grandfather always owned property. So I always knew I had somewhere to go. But I never felt that level of security with my mother. I never felt like we had somewhere unless we paid the rent, right? We never experienced ownership in my child-rearing days. And so I remember when you're behind on rent and the landlord comes by, I remember how the vibe of the house changes, right? I remember how, how mom gets on edge a little bit more. I remember how you got to be a little bit more quiet, right? You can't, you can't bounce the ball in the house today. He's working on something, right? Now, at the time as a kid, I didn't like that. I already told you, I don't like being little boy. I didn't like being little boy when I was a little boy. So I damn sure don't like it now, right? But I remember that feeling. And so I try not to impose that on my tenants. But I do remember that feeling. And that was a feeling of power that he had. 
that somebody who doesn't even live here can control how here goes. That's a real sense of power. It can be addictive. So once I realized that that was really what's going on with me in the backdrop behind the money, right behind the screen of the money, because if you get too involved in the money, the ups and the downs of it, you're going to go crazy, right? You're not supposed to do that. Money's money. Your life is your life. Those two things intersect and one is supposed to help the other, but it's not supposed to hinder. So we have to keep that in mind as investors, the balance of it. So once I realized that the power was it, then I said, okay, well, what does real estate allow for me to secure as far as power for myself? How does that feel? What does that look like? So when, when the, the idea was posed of selling your most valuable asset. My, my heart dropped. I was like, whoa, what, what do you, what do you mean? I had like a reaction. And, and that's what made me say, this is a great topic because I'm looking to be able to end my life whenever the Lord calls me home and leave a blueprint and a piece to my kids. Right? So with that being said, I can't be preoccupied with check chasing and I can't be preoccupied too much with stacking up money. Right? Because my grandparents and you know the old timers used to say you can't you can't bury me with the money. I'm gonna spend it, right? That's that's where they fucked up, the last part, right? But they were right about the first part. You can't bury somebody with their money. Right? And unfortunately, people do stupid shit with money once you die. But if you create a vision, a corporation, a trust, properties, things of these natures that can last beyond you. You're giving the next generation an opportunity to build on your thought process, right? And your business acumen. I think that that's really important. Above all else, right? I'm a hustler. I was, I, I've always going to be a hustler. So for me to go low on money just means I need to go out in the world and make more. I don't get fucking nervous about that shit. I just don't really like it don't really make me too nervous. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a certain amount of nervousness that I'm used to. Because if you're going to do this game and you're going to build it from the mud. You that means you had you had nothing. So don't act brand new now when you get a little bit of something like you can't go back to nothing. That's fucking ridiculous. Okay, so my goal here. Has never been to get into investing so I never feel broke again. Or I never get low on money again. That's not why I started this. I started this because I want to be able to have a certain level of security and power even when I am fucked up. Right? Because on my brokest worst day, I could just sit in my house and be broke and smoke some weed. You understand? 
It could be the first, the 15th, the 28th, the 29th. It don't matter the day. Because ain't nobody coming to my door looking for no goddamn rent. See, that 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 to me makes me feel better when I'm low. Because I don't feel like I got the pressure of having to pay somebody else. You understand? That That to me is my worst fear. Is when I don't got it and I owe somebody. Oh my God. You ever had to hide from a motherfucker you owe money from? Man, that shit makes you feel so low. Shout out to Uncle Mickey. Uncle Mickey taught me that lesson as a child. Hiding from somebody that you owe money, not only can it cost you your life, but it just feels nasty. Feels nasty. Don't do it. So me personally, right, as an investor, that also limits my appetite for borrowing money, right? Because once I start feeling, we knock, that's a different episode, right? But this episode is to answer that question. So to me, my goal is to never sell my most valuable asset. I don't like selling, period. The only real estate deals I've made, I regret our sales. I wish I could have kept it all. Because there's something called replacement cost. When you sell it to somebody else, you made a profit, hopefully. Right? Now, when they bought it from you, they're going to want to do the same thing. So even if you fuck up, And you sign it over to them and next week a mall gets built or some other great development that you didn't know about happens. The neighborhood gets gets cleaned up. A sports team moves. Anything happens and you sold it. The cost to replace it has now made your sale irrelevant. Did you really make money? Yeah, you got the check. But you also got the taxes from the check because they don't tell you about that. The flippers never talk to you about the taxes. Never. Because that's just like the dirty game. Right. Because once you sell the property, that's income. So unless you keep the ball going and keep it moving, you got a tax bill. So every part of the game has its downs and it has its ups, right? The game I'm playing is I'm trying to leave a hundred deeds in the safe for my kids when I die in trust, of course, right? A hundred free and clear Bing. Will all those projects be done? Probably not, but will they be able to take that and push it to the next? Of course. Because I'm teaching them. I'm watering them right now. They're watching everything I do. They're watching my mistakes too. They're watching where I fuck up. They're like, man, daddy should have been more focused here. Daddy could have did this better here. Right? Daddy maybe shouldn't have played out in the streets as much. They're going to they're gonna tweak and twerk the plan. That's the point. I'm not, I'm not here to, to say I had the, the, the best version of the plan. That's crazy. I'm just here to say I laid my piece down. Do you understand me? You're going to feel me. I was on this earth and I talked my talk. I did what I was supposed to do. And now they can go ahead. 
But I know me. I spend money. I I, it, it, I spend it. So I'm going to be back in this situation, whether it's down to my last five, my last 50, my last 500. It don't matter. Because each time I level up, whatever that bottom level is, I'm always going to, as soon as I hit it, I'm going to feel broke again. I remember there was a time when I hit $50 on my check, I felt broke. Now I'm talking about 5000 So let's be, you see what I'm saying? Let's not act brand new. We started this shit when $50 mattered. So if we talking about more than 50, we winning. Okay. I remember being willing to take a full police ride for $50. That's the truth. I would go out there and commit a crime for $50 profit. I'm not the only one. So if I was able and willing to do that stupid shit, then why would I not sit in the pocket and be patient, build this empire the right way? Okay. So then now the next piece to this whole puzzle is, is when you're trying to run a portfolio, you're, your goal becomes more like managing a team, if you will, or even like working the fingers on your hand. So that building, I was fortunate that I was able to just keep it because now I need it, right? And as I look at my asset list, I look at them as businesses And I look at those businesses as also accounts, right? So some of these accounts pay every month. Some of them don't. The ones that pay every month are are the cash flowing ones. And we've talked about how I'm putting my portfolio in balance on that. My cash flowing properties are strong. And they allow me to be able to hold other things. And I appreciate that. And then I also have other properties that are holds that I'm willing to part with if I need capital to push a new movement. You know, if I need to push a new movement, I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice. I'll sacrifice. And the way that I look at it as I got five fingers on a hand. I can operate without my pinky. I can't operate without my thumb. So if if it comes down to it, I got to choose. I'm chopping pinky. I'm not chopping thumb. And that's my analogy for why I always look at the bottom of the ladder on the property that's furthest behind on development. Right. That has. I want to say maybe even the highest upside of profit margin because you put so little into it. Those are the ones I I look to sell because let somebody else put that effort into it. Let that be somebody else's uh, top priority and let me get that capital out to push my top priority. Right? So that's why I wouldn't just go ahead and sell my number one crown jewel asset that's worth the most and then just sit back 
because that asset, if I try to jump into the same asset class or even the same type, most likely I'm not going to be able to afford it. I'm just not, not outright in cash. Like I own it right now. So sometime you're going to have to take that half a step at a time. You're going to have to, if you're looking to build a long-term portfolio, right? Now, if you're a flipper, if you're a developer, if you're a wholesaler, I don't know those games. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm talking for them. I'm talking for a ground up buy and hold investor that is looking to keep the portfolio forever. Right. So with that being said, I want to thank you, sir, for reaching out and giving the feedback. Right. Because it really helped me understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it on a deeper psychological level, right? What holes am I trying to fill with the money? Because I was walking this morning with the wife and I said, you know, it's bullshit when people say money doesn't make you happy. It does. I'm smiling. Money makes me happy. It does. The the question is, the real, real question is, is what are we trying to smile from? What made us frown? What made us sad in the first place? Right? And what are what have we linked in our mind that money can shovel in that hole? And we all know that's not going to be a permanent thing, you know? We all know that if you literally shove money in a hole, whatever amount of money you shoved in today will not fill that hole tomorrow. Right? The money would get wet. Everything would happen. Some would blow away. If you were in the desert, it would get crisped up, right? It doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you literally shoveled money into a hole, you would need to put more in tomorrow. And that's okay. It's the name of, that's the name of the game here, guys. That's what we're doing. Just be honest with it. Why are you shoveling money into this hole? I'm talking emotionally now. So once you identify why you're emotionally shoveling money into a hole, that was hard to say the second time around, then you'll be able to troubleshoot some of your weaknesses, right? And you'll be able to check that ego we talk about. So I think it's really, really important that as investors, we look at the psychological ramifications and channels that our investor mind is taking as well as the tactical X's and O's on the computer screen. I think it'll make you a better investor. It's just my opinion. So with that being said, I want to thank you guys. It's been a great episode. Um, please send feedback. It's just such a, an amazing thing to be able to get people to be able to ask questions or give feedback and just completely open your mind up completely. I mean, you guys are amazing. So thank you. Um, I think daddy should make a lot of money so we can have more properties 
and make way more money than we're supposed to because I think making money means that we can that we can expand more of our properties and then we can make more money by having um, better properties.